1: Welcome. I'm so glad that you all are here this morning. We are still in this new series for the new year, entitled "Refresh." And have any of you been getting refreshed so far from this series? I'm telling you, yeah. Come on, come on. That's all right. Watch this. You know that God prepared it when it's working for the pastor. You, when I go back and listen to it, and it's not that I like to hear my voice, although it is kind of soothing. where was the joke in that? There was no punchline. Okay, whatever, whatever. Anyhow, uh, it, thank you very much. I appreciate that. But when I go back and listen to it myself, I'm like taking notes again. Like, wow, God said something that even caught me, and I preach this thing. So, you know it's refreshing. You know it's good when even you go back, the pastor, the deliverer, the, the one who shared the message is like, dad, that was some good stuff. And then I go back and I listen. I say, man, they wasn't shouting on that. That was good. That was like worth a shout. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Today... We're not gonna tarry too long. Uh, we're just gonna get right into this. Uh, last, the first we opened up this series talking about getting past your past, getting past your past, and then last week we we we, we talked about being spiritually fit. And and some of y'all remember my my getup last week, Omar. You missed it, man. I preached in workout clothes, dude. I came in doing jumping jacks. I did some squats and all some. Man, I j- jump ropes the whole night, brother. It was amazing. You should have been here for that but if you listen you can tell that i was working out because i was out of breath for like 10 minutes of the sermon but i preached it amen today i want to talk about this is really fun couldn't wait to talk about this today i want to talk about and ask you this question who are you rolling with who are you rolling with you see, as we begin a new year and we, we want to make sure we forget about our past, as we for begin a new year, we want to make sure that we're spiritually fit because so many people set these, these, these new year resolutions to be strong and be buff and to get my body all together. And, and, and today I want to say, well, while you're doing all of that, who are you bringing over with you that you shouldn't be bringing with you from last year? Who are you rolling with? Who are you rolling with? And this morning I want to use the model uh, of Jesus, and how he selected his crew, what each level of his crew meant to him, and how he related to them. And and hopefully we can use this model in how we navigate our friendships. And and and, and what this sermon is entitled today is The Inner Circle Navigation. Let me pray before we get into this word this morning. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Oh, we understand how important it is to have people in our lives that we call friends, but we understand that we have to be intentional about our selection. So, God, as we share this word today and I represent you, I pray that these words bypass the ears of the listener and rest solely on the heart so that when we leave this place, we can say we left changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus focused on relationship three ways. Upward. Upward with God, he focused on it inward with his disciples, and he focused on it outward with the world. Three ways he focused on relationship. Here's what I want to tell you today. God has naturally placed in each of us the desire to be known and to know, to know and be known. He's placed with us the desire to love and be loved. Naturally, he's birthed in each and every one of us this desire to be in relationship. We can't help it. We can, we can, we can take a time out, kind of get beside ourselves, kind of take a hiatus from friends and take a hiatus from Facebook, which is another good point. We spend a lot of time beginning of the year doing an inventory of our Facebook friends, and we start cutting, 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 and I'm blessed that I've made every list this year. I think last year I was cut from maybe one or two, but I should have cut myself from them, actually. I was actually upset that I didn't beat them to the point. They got me before I got them, but this year I made every list. Nobody cut me, and, and 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 I like to go a little further with that. I think if we spend that much time cutting people from our Facebook pages, we need our internet, our social media life, we need to try to cut certain people from our real life. There are certain people in your life that have no business speaking to you, speaking into you, all up in your business. There are certain people in your life that are just diseases, poisonous, getting ready to just take all of your energy away. Matter of fact, there are certain people that just, just just talk to you when they have a need. Matter of fact, the conversation says, hey, how you doing? You got a second? I need. It's like some of those people you got to cut out your life because at the end of the day, it's like you need, but can you call me just to say, hey, how you doing? What do you need? There are certain people like that. And so, I'm going to teach you today, and I have my whiteboard, so let's pretend we're in school today, if y'all don't mind, because I'm going to do some illustration. I'm going to teach you today using Jesus' model how to navigate your inner circle, how to navigate your inner circle. So, let me set this up real quick. Can y'all see that okay? All right. Stay. Good. All right. Perfect. Perfect. So now, let me draw a couple circles here so we can have our illustration. We're going to draw this red thing here. That's going to represent you or Jesus. Either way, since it's his model, we'll have this circle here. And, and I'm not an artist, and, and my penmanship sucks. So bear with me. Okay? And then we'll have this circle here we uh, have this circle here, and we'll do one more here. So those listening on the podcast, I drew a dot in the middle that represented you. Then I drew four uh, exterior circles around the dot, four exterior circles around the dot. Let's talk about the outer circle. Proverbs twelve twenty six says this, the righteous... The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. In other words, if you just choose a friend because you're lonely, if you just choose a friend because you need company, and and, and they're not supposed to be equally yoked to you, it could lead you to wicked ways or bad decisions, and so forth and so on. Let me tell you how Jesus dealt with the outer circle. The outer circle, my brothers and sisters, represents the multitudes. Now, the multitudes that we talk about dealing with speaking of Jesus were the thousands of people that he fed The thousands of people that he blessed, the many miracles that he performed, these people here, the multitudes, we know that Jesus loved. So, if you are taking notes, your first note is Jesus loved the multitudes. In other words, he loved everybody. Nobody was void of having an encounter or, or, or being able to see Jesus or being able to be in his presence. Nobody was void of that. Nobody was denied that opportunity. As a matter of fact, many people were blessed if they got close enough. Matter of fact, we know of a particular woman who just touched the hem of his clothes, his, the hem of the bottom of his, of, of his robe, and she was blessed just by touching that. So nobody was denied the privilege or opportunity to know Jesus. He loved Jesus everybody. He fed the thousands. He ministered to the thousands and, and, and so forth. Let me tell you about the thousands. The multitudes were people who were just passing through. The multitudes who were, 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 were people that Jesus knew that followed him because of what he did. The multitudes were people that, that, that knew that, that I'm just going to follow this dude wherever I can go to see whatever I can get. And Jesus knew that, but he still loved them. The multitudes in your life are those people who are hanging to, hanging close to you, all up in your business because of what they can get. When you graduated, you have a ceremony. They're not there. They haven't sent you a, congratula- a congratulations card. They haven't dapped you a high five saying, way to go. They have not called you to say, hey, I'm, I'm really happy for you. They're the ones who miss your birthday. They're there only because of what they can get. Those are the multitudes. Yet... We still love them. The multitudes are the people who are in your life for a season. And how many of you know seasons do come to an end? Amen. They're only in your life for a season, but you need to identify who those people are. Here's the interesting news. Some of us carry some of those seasonal folk over with us and call them our friend when in reality they're not. Some of those seasonal folk have proudly and and boldly wear the badge of friend in your circle, and they should not. They are associates that you are required to love, but that's about it. Those are the multitudes. Jesus loved the multitudes, and we are to love the multitudes as well. As a matter of fact, here what I want you to do. Watch this. As you think about your friends or those in your circle, I want you to ask yourself this question. Now, some of y'all might get happy and say their name out, so try to contain yourself. Watch this now. Now, now if you are the smartest one among your friends, you need new friends. In other words, in your circle, in your crew, if you're the only one always giving something that benefits everybody else, but in the end you like, what, what's the hookup? If you're the one like, praying for somebody all the time and, and, and they don't say, hey, can I pray back for you, you need new friends. If you're the one who's always buying flowers and showing up to special events, if you're the one who's, who's always there in the time of need, but when you need something or need somebody, they're not there, you need new friends, Relationships require reciprocity. Relationships require reciprocity. Now, if we look at the model of Jesus, how he focused on relationships, it was upward, inward with his disciples and outward to the world. So, watch this. Relationships require reciprocity. So, in other words, if I'm praying to God and asking him for something, I also need to be praying to God and praising God for what he already did for me. It requires reciprocity. (laughs) Relationships require reciprocity. In other words, if I'm there for my friend all the time, I can, listen, I see their phone number come up on, their caller ID come up on my uh, phone. Uh, I should answer and I do. And, and, and when I call them, they don't return the gesture. Uh, they need to be cut out of the life. They, they, they need to be pushed outside of the circle. Matter of fact, they can't be a part of the multitudes. They're out of it altogether. We need to evaluate who our friends are. You can't be the only one that's giving in the relationship. So, the first thing that I want to share with you is Jesus loved the multitudes. Begin to look at those people that, should, that are maybe in an in, in, in inner circle that should be a part of the multitudes. And then begin to look at those people that are in the multitudes that should just be out. That should just be out. Begin to look at that because I want to help you. I want you to go into 2014 with all the positive energy you need to accomplish every goal that you've set this year. And if you got a bunch of naysayers and people who are always pulling on you and drawing from your energy and not pouring into your love tank but emptying it because they always have a need, then you need to X them out. So you don't need any anchors holding you back this year because I firmly believe that what God is getting ready to do in each and every one of you individually. I'm so fired up about this dog on you, I don't know what to do. What he's getting ready to do for each and every one of you individually, it requires you to be free from stuff that's holding you back. It requires you to be free from any dead weight. You need to be free, loose, flexible, and mobile to go where he's getting ready to call you to go. And it could be just next door, but you gotta be free of stuff and negativity. Amen. The the, the second thing I want to share with you, and a lot of us knew this, but some of us don't know this. So, if this is your first time knowing this, you can thank me later. Watch this. Jesus worked with 72. He worked with 72. Now, some translations will say 70, but if we look at the time and when this was written, uh, it's actually translated. It's 72. He worked with 72. Watch this. How do I know this? Because Scripture told me. It says this, watch this, Luke 10 and 1. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he had planned to visit. He chose 72 other disciples. Now, let me me write that down here. Now, this circle would be the secondary circle, 72, right there. Let me tell you a little bit about the 72. These 72 disciples that Jesus chose, he blessed them with uh, the ability to perform some miracles. He, he he allowed them to see just a little bit of who he really was. As a matter of fact, he spoke to them in code. If if we read and, and, and understand the Bible, Jesus spoke in parables a lot of times. But when he was speaking in parables, it was to the multitudes and the 72. He didn't give them clear direction. He didn't let them get all up in the business. He didn't make it completely clear what he's trying to say. He spoke in stories. It was on a need-to-know basis with the 72. Because he knew that the 72, yeah, they cool. I might see them like special days, holidays. We might break bread on certain festivals. Uh, we're going to get together every now and again, and I am going to send them a card for graduation, and my, their birthdays, I'll remember. I'll make sure I text them and, and, and write happy birthday on that Facebook page. He knew he was going to do that, but he knew their relationship was not going to be as intimate as the next group that we'll talk about in a minute. The 72, there was a relationship. Uh, we, we would talk every now and again. I would make sure that I put important dates on my calendar for them, but I could only let them get but so close. They couldn't, they, they, they couldn't know all my business, right? I, I might let them come to my house for dinner, but you couldn't go upstairs. If we can stay right here in the living room. You don't need to go past that spot. The living room is it, the 72, all right? That's the 72. Y'all know about the 72. The 72, uh, y'all, y'all have some 72. Let me tell you what, what the 72. We don't know a whole lot about the 72. What we know is that Jesus sent them out. He gave them authority, performed miracles, and healed in his name. And they went out and came back full of joy and, and that they had witnessed and experienced. Many scholars believe, watch this, the name, that some of the names mentioned in the book of Acts and throughout the accounts of the early church are associated with the unnamed. Y'all, y'all ever read Book of Acts and they're like, who is this? Who is Cornelius? And, and who is this other person? Well, we believe and scholars believe that Cornelius was a part of the 72. He was actually one of the original disciples, but they didn't write a lot about him because he wasn't like one of the close ones. He was in the 72. These 72, 72 people were on a need-to-know basis. He associated with them, maybe broke bread and, and hung out with them on special occasions, but that was about it. Let me clarify that. That was about it. In other words, I'm going through. That's not the I'm going through, let me call them person. No, you're going through. They don't need to know you're going through. You call this next group of people. The next group of people, if you're taking notes, the third group is Jesus. First was Jesus loved the multitudes. Jesus worked with 72, but Jesus spent time training 12. Jesus spent time Training, 12. Scripture says this, Luke 6, 12 through 16. One day, soon after, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. And their names were Simon, who became Peter, and Andrew, who was Peter's brother, and James, and John, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was the zealot, Judas, the son of James, and then there was old Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Look at this crew. Look look at this crew of people that Jesus decided that he was going to allow them to be the closest to. There, there was a fisher, they were fishermen, uh, tax collectors, uh, former revolutionaries, and just plain old sinners. This is the crew that Jesus decided to pour his very best into. People watch this. This is, this is where it gets good. People that had dirt on them. So watch this. We had these people that we call friends. That are holier than thou, but ain't never been through nothing, but telling you how to make your way through it. People that grew up in church, been saved all their life, committed never a sin, nothing serious, and they're telling you how to work through it. People that don't have any, 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 any idea of what it's like to be married for any, extent, uh, any, any time. They've had some great long-term relationships, but never married, but they're telling you how to work through yours. Okay, that's okay. You don't have to uh, amen on that. People, you don't have to do that because maybe some of y'all do that and you should not be doing that. You understand what I'm saying? It's the same thing like people. I tell people all the time, nobody understands the pressure of a pastor except the pastor. So, I don't expect y'all to tell me how to pastor. But it's the same thing in marriage. You may think you know, but until you doggone said, I do and lives with somebody for a while, you have no clue. Trust me on that. I did an extensive premarital class i thought we knew it all and we still learning 11 years later <laughs> we're still learning and i'm counting the dating years because that was premarital stuff too until you have gone through something you cannot speak to something i don't give a doggone agree or disagree i'm just telling you from what i know from experience same thing when it comes to children some of y'all are phenomenal Your career is all about children. I get that. But listen to me clearly, and this is out of love. When it comes to dealing with how I'm going to deal with mine, I appreciate the advice. I appreciate the prayers. But I'm going to also call a parent who's been where I've been before and see what they have to say first. It's out of love. I want to know how you actually dealt with this crazy child in the middle of the night throwing themselves up against the door because they can't get no juice. Huh? And unless you spend the night with a kid for weeks at a time, you may not have experienced that. Huh? I'm just saying. It's out of love. It's hard for me to take advice from people who ain't been through what I've been through. Don't come trying to tell me how to deal with pornography and you don't even know what it looks like. Don't come trying to tell me how to to withdraw from sex and you a virgin. Get on out of my face. You, ain't even have, you don't even know what it smells like. Get out of here. Don't come trying to tell me about alcohol and you ain't never had a sip. Don't come telling me about weed and you ain't puffed in past. I'm preaching this morning. Yeah. And Jesus is saying, where I'm getting ready to go, I need some people that's dirty, that's filthy, because the people we're talking to look just like these knuckleheads. That's what your 12 need to look like. Some dirty folk that got some mess, they got dirt on you, you got dirt on them, and we bring our dirt together, we make mud, but we're going to make a clay uh, 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 pot, something like that, something beautiful, something glorious, some, some work of art with our mud, the same way he created us from the clay. You need some people with dirt in, on them like you got. And Jesus chose these flawed individuals to forever radically change history as we know it. He chose these people to be his closest friends. Watch this. Dig this. I was studying this, and this was the first time. I mean, even in in theology school and seminary, I didn't even see this. This is powerful. I discovered in my study that Jesus had actually spent 12 to 18 months with these cats before he picked them. He had already been hanging with them for over a year, checking them out, seeing if they were really dirty, checking them out to see if they were really flawed. And then after a while, he was like, "Yeah, I want Peter. This dude is crazy. Yo, Peter, you and your brother, y'all, y'all, y'all come from a crazy daddy. So come on and hang with me, huh?" He looked at him, the tax collector. Yeah, they still ain't liking you. You done sent them birthday cards and everything, trying to, you know, befriend them and stuff, and they still hate you. Come on, man, I need you, tax collector. He spent 18 months with these people before he made them his disciples, before he decided that I'm going to spend the next three years of my life training them and giving them everything that's within me, emptying everything inside of me onto them. And watch this. Y'all need to do the same thing. Some of y'all started a job last week and you got a BFF already. How the heck that happened? you had a brand new company. You don't know nobody there. And the first person I have lunch with you, oh, that's my BFF. That's my boo thing. You know, we all cool. All on Facebook, Instagramming. <laughs> you know, y'all in the book club together. Y'all like, you know, got the scandal parties and stuff. Don't know them, but, but, but one week. That's my best friend. Y'all need to stop letting these people Those so-called new people, because that person right there that I'm talking about that you just met really is in the multitude. But what happens is you're so desperate for some company, you're so desperate for somebody to call your friend, you're so desperate for somebody to hang out with you and have some popcorn and put on your your, 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 your little snuggies and stuff and watch movies and cry together that you bring this person, they skip 72 and come right here to the 12. Oh, I went too far. But that's how y'all do and y'all end up saying, oop, I went too far. Have it a race and go back. <laughs> I didn't mean for us to hang this tight. I was just hoping we could see each other at work. We lunch buddies. I'm joking. But real talk, though. We bring these people that we just knew Here. When I discovered that in, when I was doing my research and study that Jesus has spent about 12 or 18 months with these cats before he brought them into his inner circle, I was like, whoa, this changes everything for me. Because I'd always understood the Bible to be like he, deci- you know, he got chased out of where he was from, his hometown, and then he's on his way, and he's like, oh, come hang with me. Stop fishing, homeboy. Let me teach you how to fish for people. Yo, get your brother, too, and you tax collector. They don't like you no way, but you need some friends, so come hang with me. And I thought it happened just like that, but he was like hanging with them for 18 months. So what makes you think you can find a BFF in a week? And we're doing that daily. That's my best friend. We cool. We all right. We she saved. That's all you need sometimes. He yo he read the Bible every day. We cool. Want y'all to know, atheists read the Bible every day too. That's why they know it better than we do. Amen. Somebody. Non-believers read the Bible every day. When I was a non-believer, oh, man, I knew the Bible like nobody's business because I used the Bible to preach it against Christians. Because Christians, you know, you start talking about the Bible, they I don't know, I don't know. And the favorite scripture was, the Bible said don't get into foolish arguments with them, whatever. Do you know your Bible or what? So said, why are you a Christian? That was my argument when I was a a non-believer. So just because somebody reads the Bible, don't befriend them right away. Check out their character. I'm going to tell y'all how to choose these people in a minute. Let's go down to the third thing, the, the fourth and final thing. So, here it is. Let's go back to what I was saying. Y'all got me off track here, fooling around and stuff. All right, here we go. Jesus loved the multitudes, right? He, he, he hung out with 72. He trained the 12. But watch this. Even out of the 12, he chose three that were extra special to him. Wait. I got something I want to share with you real quick before we go here. I got some stuff I want to share with you before we go there. Let me get this point real quick. I need to tell you how to avoid those relationships. That's important, right? We want to know that, right? So watch this. You need to avoid toxic company. In in, in case you're wondering what toxic company is or what it looks like, the chronically negative, yeah, that's toxic. The sun could be shining, but they find a way to find negativity in that. The sun is shining. We just came out of a blizzard. The sun is shining. It's wonderful. And you're like, yeah, the sun is beautiful. And this person is just like, uh, yeah, but it's going to rain like next year. <laughs> it's so beautiful outside. Yeah, but it's too bright. I'm put some shades on. My shades don't fit. Get some new ones. I ain't got no money. Well, I'll give you some. I don't like that style. <laughs> really? Y'all know those people. That's why y'all laughing. You cook them dinner. It's perfect. You slaved over it. You done seasoned the meat for about two days so it could be so flavorful. You know it's the best you've ever prepared. You put it in front of them. Oh, man, it's too salty. Man, slap yourself <laughs> out of here. Then starve. <laughs> Get out my house. That's toxic. The controller, the person that will never want to do what you want to do. Yo, let's go hang out, man. Let's go shoot some hoops. Ah, you know, I, I don't want to shoot hoops. But we can do this. If you, if you do this, we can hang out. The controller, want to control everything that happens. Want to control when y'all get together. You can't make no decisions. The one who controls the relationship, that's toxic. The tempter. Oh, yeah, y'all yeah, know about the tempter. Uh, you, done, you done got your life straight. You want on a straight and narrow path, but the tempter always like, oh, it ain't going to hurt. I mean, you know, God said do everything in moderation. But yeah, I'm not trying to go to the club because I know if I go to the club, it's going to lead to, you know, some of that wild dance, and we're going we to get it in. And then once we get it in like that, then, you know, that leads to and your friend like, oh, girl, you can control. I, got you. I ain't going to let nothing happen to you. I ain't going to let nothing happen to you. Girl, I got your back. I got your back. I'm going leave with him, though. I'll see you later. <laughs> Call me. Left you hanging. The tempter always wants you to hang, but put you in situations where you're tempted to go back to a lifestyle that you gave up a long time ago. Huh? The tempter. Yeah, that's that's toxic. If you got any of those people who qualify, cut them. Cut them. I'm gonna tell you how to do that. Here's the next thing. Cut off. <laughs> toxic relationships cut off toxic relationships watch this acts 15 36 through 39 let me tell you what happened with paul and barnabas this is crazy it's funny after some time paul said to barnabas "Not for the record they were tight i mean they were out doing mission together they were they were changing building the kingdom for god i mean they were doing some amazing and radical things they were tight they knew each other inside and out they were like brothers they skipped you know friends we're like, we like we're brothers now this is what happened. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas was like, yeah, cool, let's do that. Barnabas agreed. And I and wanted to take along John Mark. Now, stop right there. Let me tell you about John Mark. John Mark dissed them. He left them hanging. He like, I'm not, listen, I'm not getting no part to this. He left them. He just dissed them, left them hanging. So, Paul still feeling salty about it. Paul's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no, no. Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Let me tell you about this word separated in this scripture. That word separated in the Greek is this word right here, apaharo, wait, 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 apahorizo. Apahorizo. And apahorizo means to sever or cut off. They not separated, but they severed their relationship at that very moment, cut it completely off. We're done. You go your way, I ain't got nothing to say. Don't call me. Don't text me. Don't inbox. Don't Instagram. Don't listen. You done, Holmes. Matter of fact, I'm unfriending you from Facebook. You off the list. You didn't make the cut. They severed the relationship. They severed it, cut it off completely. Watch this. That's what some of y'all need to do. See, there are certain people in your life that's hanging with you. You just cut them off your Facebook page. You need to cut them off completely. See, so you cut them off the Facebook page, but you never deleted them from your phone. When you know you should have, because you went through your phone and you saw that name, you're like, well, maybe there's an emergency that might come up and, you know, you never know. So, I'm not gonna cut them off completely. Uh, They still have your email address. You didn't block them from your emails. You only cut them off of social media, but you didn't cut them out completely. You need to sever. You understand what sever means? To completely cut off, it's detached completely. And that's what needs to happen with some of these relationships. So, avoid toxic company and cut off toxic relationships. So, if you have any toxic relationships, cut them off now. Now, here's the good news about Paul and Barnabas. We do know later on that they did reconcile, that they did reconcile. But what had to happen first was God had to intervene. You see, he used old uh, John Mark to be instrumental in the movement, in in, in setting up and building churches. And because John Mark proved himself, Paul was able to extend the grace of forgiveness. And in that moment, he was also forgiven for treating John Mark a certain way. You see, God's going to get the glory out of any bad relationship, no matter what. You just got to get out of the way. So, in other words, when you sever the relationship with this person, maybe let God intervene in their life before y'all try to reconcile. Make sure it's God and not you. Okay? Make sure it's God and not you. All right. So, here we go. Moving on. What I do with my markers? There they go. All right. That's the 12. He spent time with them. He discipled them. He trained them. These were people that, you know, they were the closest. Like they sat at the same table with him when they ate in certain places. They were special. They were really deep. Here's what he did with just three of them. Here's the final note, and we're wrapping it here. Jesus, watch this. Jesus was closest to three. He was closest to only three. Out of all these thousands he'd been in contact with, out of the 72 people that he spent some sort of intimate time with, out of the 12 whom he spent the most time with, there were three out of all of these people that were the closest to him. In other words, he confided in them. And some of his greatest moments in, in his ministry, some of the darkest moments in his ministry, those three were there all the time. He actually went to them when he needed prayer dig that. When he wanted to pray, he said, come with me, let's pray. Come keep watch with me while I pray, right? They were the only ones to see the transfiguration of Jesus. In other words, let me explain what transfiguration means. It's the one time where they got to see Jesus in his holiest state, where they actually were able to witness him transfigure his body to his holiness and speak with Elijah and Moses at that time. They witnessed that firsthand. They were allowed to see his glory. So, your closest people in your circle are allowed to see you at your worst time, baby, and your best time, baby. They are able, these are the ones that are able to pray with you and for you. These are the ones that you call when you need some encouragement or some inspiration. These are the ones that are allowed to be in your business sometime. These are the closest people. Let me, let me share this with you. Peter James and John were privileged to be with Jesus when he healed Jairus' daughter. That was one of his great moments. And they were there at the transfiguration of Christ. They were the audience at the Olivet Discourse, which is the Mount of Olives, when he was there and he was, he was having that, they were having that situation. And, and they were there when Jesus was going through his agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was asking God to take the burden away from him, that he was new. He knew he was getting ready to die. He was there and for the first time these people got to see that whoa you're the messiah and even you don't want to go through this even you're doubting in this very moment the closest people to you get to see all of that but be careful that you're not letting some 12s be in your threes be careful that you've not extended an invitation for a 12 to be amongst this honorable group yeah, yeah, I see y'all already doing a mental inventory. I get that. I did the same thing. And I had to call a few folks. I'm just playing. I'm scared. I'm, I'm, I hate conflict. I won't even call them. I just cut them off. I ain't heard from you in months. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going through something. What is it? I can't tell you. I've just demoted you to the 12. Or better yet, the multitudes. You might be out of the circle. I don't know. Depending. Stop letting the multitudes be among the three. There has to be order in your life. And it even starts with your relationships. Let's start here together. Let's change how we focus our relationships. Let our most important relationship first be upward with God. And let it be reciprocal Right? Don't just praise God when he blessed you because he woke you up. Yep, that's a blessing. Uh, Don't just praise God because he filled a need that you had because he already did that anyway and he promised he would do it without us even asking. Right? Praise him first thing in the morning. Let God get your best hour. The first thing in the morning, if you're not rushing and you're planning, that's your best hour. It's just me and God. I can shout. I can praise. I can thank him. And guess what? It starts how the rest of my energy is going to be for the remainder of the day because I had a conversation with my favorite person in the world. And it was a great conversation. Oh, my God. Let your first hour, your best hour be demoted completely, devoted completely to God. Devoted completely to God. Your secondary relationship needs to be inward. Okay, for those with family, with, with husbands and children and wives and stuff, your family. Give them your second best time. Make sure their time is uninterrupted. It's quality time. It's not just we all here together, the kids doing their thing, my wife doing their thing, I'm doing my thing, but we all together as a family. That's not quality. Quality time. We are all engaged in something that is giving life to all of us collectively. Okay? Now, I don't have children or a husband or a spouse. You got a best friend. You got a mama. You got a daddy. You probably got siblings. You got play cousins. All of them count. Okay? Give them your best time. You may be mentoring somebody. Give them your best time. You may have a niece or a nephew that, you, that you're loving on. Give them your time. Heck, if you ain't got nobody, pastor always needs love. Encourage your pastor encourage some of your friends here at church, people that you don't normally spend time with, reach out to them. Surprise the heck out of them. I dare somebody to do that this week and then let me know about it so I can shout. Somebody you never, somebody that would never expect to hear from you. Let them be like, I want them to call me because it weird them out so bad. Be like, yo, is, uh, is Kim all right? She, she, she ain't never sent me no email before. Now she emailing just saying, how am I doing? Uh, is she good? They're blown away because it's, it's so abstract and so abnormal to receive uh, uh, correspondence from you. Do that to somebody here. Because guess what? Now you're building another relationship. And that person that's in this place that you see every week that you spend time with and pray with and pray for every week, now you have an opportunity to move them closer in your circle. Because guess, guess what? Watch this. If you ain't spending time with nobody in here, they're really up here in the multitudes. They're not even in the seventy-two. It done got quiet. I'm sorry. Did I just leave the church or something? What happened? (laughs) They're like, oh, man, now you're going to make me be friends with folk. I don't even know. Oh, goodness. Here we go again. It's not for you. It's not for me. It's for you. It's for you. Trust me. It's for you. Amen? So, here, let me recap it real quick. Go ahead and start doing your little mental You know, thing, who you going to cut, who you going to invite, all of that good stuff. Watch this. Here we go. Jesus loved the multitudes. You should love the multitudes. Love everybody, okay? Uh, Jesus worked with 72. You should have about 72 people that you associate with. They could be your sororers or frat brothers or whatever the case may be. They're among the 72, depending, because I know some of y'all go deep with it, like, you know, they're my everything, you know, all this stuff. Okay. Jesus spent time training 12. There are 12 people that you should have really close to you, but don't let them get so far into the three. These are the people that got your back no matter what. They got your back, your front, your top, and your bottom. They got you covered. Find out who those three are and give them the most time. Now, here is how you can tell who should be in your inner circle. Think about this. Write this down. I don't think I have it in your notes. This is how you determine who's in your inner circle, how they treat you, what their values are, and how they live their lives. How they live their lives. Bob Marley said this. He said, the truth is, everyone is going to hurt you. You just got to find out who are the ones that are worth suffering for. Everyone's going to hurt you. It could be a small offense, but who are the ones that are worth suffering for?